Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I'm Doc from Man of Steel Answers Insight Commentary. I cover a mosaic of topics for fans who love the Man of Steel and these DC films. And you can find me at manofsteelanswers.com. Perfect. So professional, again. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about minute number seven of Suicide Squad. And the minute's going to start out with uh, Deadshot at Work. I like that. It's sweet and simple. You wrote that. I wrote that. Deadshot at Work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the minute's going to end with uh, Amanda Waller noting that everyone has a weakness, including scary metahumans and vigilantes like this Deadshot character we're seeing here. Is OCD a metahuman trait? He has supreme OCD, right? That's a, that could be a metahuman trait. Mm, Meet one, the man with incredible OCD. You think Wonder Woman has OCD? Wonder Woman? Yeah. Why? I thought you were just like assuming like all metahumans have OCD. Oh no! <laughs> well, the Flash might have OCD, right? Oh, he totally does. That's a thing. Barry, uh, Wally, no, Barry has OCD, especially in <laughs> one New of them. Yeah. One of those no. speedsters. They were with, when <laughs> New Fifty Two came out and. Um, uh, Francis was writing it and all that stuff. Yeah. We're on a first name basis. Uh, well, Francis Manipal draws like he has OCD. Oh my gosh. He has like straight lines. Oh, it's beautiful. It's anyway. beautiful. Yeah, Flash would have OCD. This just in Flash has OCD. Um, <laughs> starting notes for uh, minute number seven. Um, I like that his tech monocle scouter has these kind of. Um, and it may just be, you know, it's f- probably for us, the audience, but I've always been a huge fan of binocular vision, as I like to call it. Uh, you see it a lot in Star Wars. It's kind of, like, iconic oh, to see Oh, like it, when it least. goes through the view. Yes. Okay. And you see it Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's night vision. Night vision, yeah. Night it, vision binoculars. They so, say scope the in. Predator with the heat vision. That's always cool to see. I like, oh, I you like, just like different, like... Uh, I like seeing things and... What do you call them? <laughs> I like pretending what it would be like to be uh Jordy LaForge from Star Trek seeing everything in yeah no anyways um but yeah I think you're no right. you point out that it's for the audience because there's there's a lot of parts that don't make sense from like like Floyd's perspective right like mm-hmm. a random counter just pops up out of nowhere or the the scene will just pause and turn into a still shot and then zoom all over the place I mean though that that can't happen in real life or from Floyd's perspective so again we have sort of a uh, unreliable narrator so, sort of putting in some flavor for us, but not so much in story, right? Yeah, and even the 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 kind of measurements that are like, right in the very beginning, we get three separate measurements that the monocle is identifying. It's saying, you know, like so, so many yards away, and then this other target is so many yards away, and then this other target is five or more yards away. But it's not in relation to the monocle it's itself. It's in relation to the 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 bank the backboard kind of device that he's he's put on the yeah on the, the little sensor yeah and it's the monocle is looking at that device and then seeing how what that device relates to the targets and then making this whole math equation for him, um, which is really interesting. So I don't know. Again, you could you could argue that as being like it's just telling the audience of this device how how close it is to those people or even i don't know maybe uh i think it's just a little 
yeah, fun thing. It's just like a thing for the audience. Like, yeah. look at that. Look, it's like oh, cool. That's what he sees. Yeah, it's so neat. Triangulation. And now we know why uh, Zoe, uh, why he hasn't been able to bring Zoe home because he spends all his money on all this really keen gear uh-huh. that's completely yeah. original and unique to him. Yep. Probably handmade, right? I mean, I don't, I don't see this. Uh, he probably had to spend a lot of R and D on this, but yeah, mm-hmm. he, could, he could have developed it himself. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, what is really cool is is I don't think this hinders him as like a, as a superhero. You know, like he doesn't need this technology to tell him this, but it's just a tool. It's just like yeah, it's not like a. It's not like a cheat device, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, at least I don't feel like it is, right? I uh, no, I mean I know that later on there's a scene in the movie where we see him having perfect aim. So yeah, even without it, like, yeah. Then that's why I'm saying like it's just it's kind of cool the way it points these things out, but it's in no way like, um, like the backbone of his. You know, he is good on his own. It's like he's just having this cool old device. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So. Even without this tech, uh, the shots that he performs are basically impossible. So either it's yeah. a metahuman power or he's just, you know, he represents sort of the uh, stylized training in this story of what, you know, uh, what training can do for you, what, what you can accomplish. But if you if you actually really wanted to give him like a power, like a metahuman power, uh, have you guys mm-hmm. ever heard of uh, proprioception? <laughs> nope. The, is that is that is that a power? It's 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 a description of body sense, like where your body is in space. So, for example, if I said close your eyes, put your hands at your hips, and then touch the X key on your keyboard without using vision, you probably wouldn't be able to do it, right? And if you did it maybe once, you could maybe repeat it the second time. Our resolution on that is about say four millimeters, which is terrible for say uh, firearm accuracy. But if you had perfect prior, uh, proprioception, in other words, you knew exactly where your hand was in space at all times, you could aim your guns or firearms uh, without sights, uh, which is exactly what he does with his forearm guns. So that's he could be sort of a mutant with that uh, perfect bodily sense of where his hands are, are uh, in space and time. And so he's able to aim without using his eyes, basically. <laughs> Maybe it should, I, I believe that. Yeah, I, I also have seen videos and, and, you know, people that have amazing marksmanship yeah. skills. I um, even saw the movie Wanted. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, they got it. They could just bend oh. those bullets. Yeah, just do it yeah, that as way. Actors, that's they, it. They that's trained. It. That's real life. You know how hard those actors trained to be able to do that? They did their own bullet stunts. You know how hard Chris Pratt got hit in the face with that keyboard? <laughs> real hard. <laughs> Um, Although Will Smith didn't it, spend a lot of range time for this movie, right? Uh, I think they played. They they had. There's videos of that. So uh, it seems like just training time. Oh no, was Rick, it? Uh, the guy who did Rick Flag went through like I think he spent like, and it, it sounds like a very David Ayres move to do, but he's like sent the actor to go work with the police force sure. for like, yeah, a long time just to kind of get acquainted to like the behavior, the lingo, yeah, the walking and, and the talking. walking and the talking. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. And uh, is it now this? What, say say the say the fancy word one more time. Proprioception. <laughs> uh, you got it. Proprioception. Yeah. Proprioception. Pri- no, that pyro. sounds like that would be like on the list of of Diablo's proprioception. Yeah. Well, yeah. With, <laughs> that's a good one. If you've ever done sobriety test, not saying that you ever have, but that's yeah. one of the things they test you for. They they ask you to close your eyes and touch your finger to your nose, or they ask you to walk a straight line, or those kind of things. That's yeah. that's your bodily sense. How do you know where your body is in space? But can you practice that, or is that just like 
Is that something that people train on? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, uh, acrobats and dancers and, uh, you know, certain people. It's sort of like how you can have perfect pitch, right? Some people don't have mm-hmm. perfect pitch, mm. but some people do. Uh, some people have greater sense of proprioception. Uh, generally speaking, the average person has about four millimeter resolution, right? They can they can repeat to about four millimeters, but that's terrible for the for the for the accuracy of a gun. But if you had perfect proprioception, then you could always point that gun to the exact same place every single time, whether you're using your uh, vision to align that or not. So that that sounds valid. Robin Hood. Robin Hood, or you've got those uh, Chinese uh, flexible act, uh, flexible people that can shoot bows with their feet, right? So th- those people are not mm-hmm. aligning. Uh, you got to Google it, right? Shoot a bow with your feet <laughs> or something like that. It's people. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not people using uh, their sight to aim. It's using their bodily awareness. That is super interesting because now I'm just I'm just thinking of like just all the different examples of that, and it's huh. That is, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely something he, he has to have, like, um, and, uh, oh, there goes my phone, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely, I think that's very valid, I think, uh, I think we cracked the code, guys, I think this is, I think this is his, I wouldn't say disability, but his metahuman trait, <laughs> you know, because OCD feels like more of like, uh, like, ooh, that's something you're suffering with, you know? Dude, we're all suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the the music in this minute is uh, Action Bronson's, uh, what is this song called? It is called Standing in the Rain, and it features a bunch of different musical guests. But how do you guys feel about the music in this minute? It's all right, man. I mean, it's, it's not, like I said, I'm not, there's not a score. So I'm not looking for thematic cues. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm in it just watching them watching a movie you know (laughs) and i don't mean anything bad about it but like there's nothing here is telling me that oh this is dead shots intro music no there's no there's there's no theming to it it's just cool we're in a city awesome there's gonna be some action cool 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 it's like a producer yeah that's (laughs) that's just i that's just what it that's that's the feeling that i get you just get a tone Um, or emotion off of it yeah i'm entertained absolutely yeah but I mean, it's not like I'm, Jet, I'm, I'm not, I'm not picking it apart. You know what I'm not looking at Action Bronson's lyrics and trying to figure out what does this oh, mean yeah, about yeah, Deadshot. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, and I don't think no. you should, because I think that you might make it worse if you start to try to apply the lyrics. Like, do they match up with what's going yeah, on? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the standing in the rain, like, it, it, you could go back to the uh, the graphic that we got in the last minute with the bullets falling into his hands. It was raining bullets, which uh, is a cool graphic. I like that. I did appreciate that. Little yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it reminds reminds me of a video game, uh, those movies. Intro, uh, yeah. yeah, video game character. Um, the song itself, in the context uh, of this scene for me, um, is like you said, it's it's all right, it's good. It's you know, you got the energy that you need, mm-hmm. the the tone that you're trying to set. Um, and it, I'm I'm always interested in Will Smith on screen, especially when he has lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm attuned to that man whenever he's doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, I think the so, main thing it, it conveys is how he's just uh, relaxed. He's in command. This is a cool mm-hmm. and smooth sound. He's you know he's not stressed about this situation. He's 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 got his feet up. He's laid back. He's you know chatting on uh, you know when when you're, when you're not serious, somebody you talk with them over uh, what do you call it. Um, 
speakerphone, speakerphone, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he's just kind of relaxed, and he's just like that's what that music conveys. Like he's laid back. This is mm-hmm. this is where he's in control, and uh, that that that's the impression I got off of it. It should have had the music playing within the within the universe of the of the minute. He was just listening to music, <laughs> like a baby driver thing. Yeah, like baby driver. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and do one of those things. I, I think that would have been real cool. He has an earpiece. I wonder if he's on Bluetooth or not. Or maybe if like I mean, that, if, if that sensor the has whole a mic. thing does it, so why I not? I don't know. Yeah, like it should, like maybe it should. Um, then he'd just be that really annoying guy that you see that's forty plus with the big Bluetooth thing, and he's just screaming. That's kind of a funny thing. He's got who, all this high tech for yeah. his guns. He's got all this like super specific, you know, James Bond stuff. And then for his phone, he's just using plain old speakerphone and holding it up to his mouth. Uh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. have that wired in, have that Bluetooth. You know, kick, put that in your suit, put that in your uh, scouter. But uh, mm-hmm. whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, far be it for me to judge him. Maybe that's a burner phone. Yeah, that that's the story. It's a burner phone, so he oh, he doesn't want yeah. it built into his suit because he's going to throw it away. It's supplied by the criminal bank. <laughs> it's like a, that's right. It's like uh, you remember. So there was like a, a few years back, there was like this whole turmoil between Hong Kong and China, and they were. I think there was something about they were trying. China was trying to crack down on the internet, so they were just like, "We'll just create Fire Chat," which was like an off the internet uh, communication device. And so Fire Chat was like this big thing that people were using to communicate. And how did you communicate? What? How did you communicate with Fire Chat? Like, it's what did it? What did it use? I don't and know. It didn't use the but internet. But they were like, it's like a thing that happened in like Silicon Valley. Uh, he was creating a new internet or whatever. Uh, it was no, the same thing. He was using internet, everybody's but, phone. Uh, I feel like it's. Uh, I felt like it was, uh, like WhatsApp, but like oh yeah, more. I so it know. still uses like your phone number. I don't have all the details. All right, it, it, but the workaround. Yes. Multi-pair connectivity framework type software that goes around. I used to be a computer scientist, so that's my other. Uh, but I'm listening. No, no, but, but, but basically mm-hmm. it's peer-to-peer type technology to get around China's great firewall. So that was the gist of FireChat. Yes. The great wall, firewall. And they, China. they called it FireChat, like because to get around a exactly. firewall, really? Was that's that exactly it? exactly it. That's, that's comical. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, but that could be the, the same thing that's going on here is like you could be getting devices that are uh delts in the underworld it would have been cool if you know like maybe they he had a device that was similar to anatoly kenyaisev's device and it was just like gotham burner phone you know what G- i, I wouldn't i wouldn't know that it isn't the same phone have you have you checked no i'm not gonna go back but you know what i'm saying I'm, listen i do a minute by minute podcast once we do the minute hey we don't go back <laughs> we did it <laughs> it's only we'll only note something if we just stumble upon it yeah so oh when, yeah by the way we uh we just wait for people to tell us we're wrong. It's usually what we wait for. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so I'm gonna take the same spirit. It's the same phone. That that yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna declare yeah, it from now on. They, sure. they all use the same. I phone. new criminal uh, of Gotham. He gets. He runs a you know a pseudo. It's a it's a facade of a technology recycling place. And so people are like, oh, I'm not using my iPhone 4 anymore. Hey, throw you it in the bin. It in. You're recycling yeah. it. You're helping the planet. Nah, he's taking those phones and making burner phones for the criminal underworld of Gotham City. It's a good, that's a good yeah. character. So, How long before do you think that Bruce Wayne's not going to realize it and then just start putting that company on his payroll? And then start making the phones like Wayne Enterprise is going to make phones for the criminals. Puts a 
like a oh, tracking device yeah. in an old phone. Yeah. Throws in the recycle bin and traces it through yep. the system. There you go. We wrote, and who, it's just Batman who's, Overlord. Who's drawing this book? I, w- I want it to team right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, closing notes on the on the whole Action Bronson thing. It's 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 fine. It does its job, but would still be cool to see this film like fully using the Stephen Price because there are a lot of like songs, tracks, pieces of music that are written for the Stephen Price album that um, refer to Deadshot. Either like the very first one I think on the album is called uh, A Serial Killer Who Takes Credit Cards. And listening to that track, it does seem to have potential to like line up with this little minute here. And I it just very interesting to me what that would sound like. Um, I, I think a whole Stephen Price edit of this film might create a whole different tone. Um, it might make the tones... I don't know. Some people said the tone is incohesive in this film, and I wonder if that would have fixed things for them. If it I'm still getting party vibes. Party vibes? Like, party vibes, yeah. yeah it's like it's still just to make some money. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's still just an upbeat movie. We're the Stephen Price one is like, together. is like serious. It's We're like going. he's here, he's ready to kill this guy. Yeah, it's like it's like they're on, money. It's like everybody's about to rob a bank, is what I feel like. <laughs> like it's like I'm watching an Oceans movie and I'm getting like all these origins but of it's people only and it's one like, man. Oh yeah, Oceans cool. one. Not just Deadshot, it was everybody. This whole next few weeks that we have with like ah. the introductions and everything. Not once am I feeling like is this does it too like, serious? Is the tone too serious? The mm-hmm. tone that I get for this entire movie, at least from what I remember, is we're here to have party. Time. We're here having fun. Yeah, like we're just. I got my crew. We got and these just weird characters. We got this comic book F-S world. S up. Yeah, or whatever that term is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, what's, what else we got here? Uh. This is just a bad time for either of them to be do- doing negotiations. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the late Carrie Fisher once said, everything is negotiable. Whether or not negotiation is easy is another thing, end quote. Um, don't leave your, neg- you know, <laughs> as a contract cl- as a contract killer, don't leave your contracts to the last second. All right. It's just not a good idea for anybody involved. Uh, and and you can see why in this situation, right? Like they, they don't have a meeting of minds on the terms of the mm-hmm. deal. So, uh, you know, Angelo says, I'm not going to pay until you, perform and Deadshot says you know no that's not how the rules work but he doesn't enforce them into the last 10 seconds so that's why Angelo gets punished for you know an extra one million dollars uh don't do that <laughs> when you're when you're doing your contracts come up come up with the rules early on uh figure out your terms um but what one interesting thing you got to note there is that Angelo completely trusts everything Deadshot's saying Angelo's not there he doesn't have a yeah. camera there uh, this could be like an hour before the actual thing, and Deadshot could be saying, "You only got ten seconds left." But apparently, Deadshot has a, a reputation in this world where he's trusted, where people take him at his word. So if he says there's ten seconds, Angela actually believes him. So if Angela's already going to believe this guy to begin with, you shouldn't mess around with them in terms of negotiations. So uh, yeah, it's weird that you say that because it does seem like he does have a very reputable reputation. <laughs> Uh, in Gotham, and it it seems like you know it, it people know him, people know Deadshot. It seems like people won't mess with Deadshot at least later on when we see it gets the attention of a bigger character. But at the same time, it's weird that he has that aspect about the character, and mm-hmm. yet he is playing it so 
off the cuff and so loose where he is just so relaxed and he is waiting till the last moment to negotiate. That doesn't seem like it quite fits. I believe Will Smith is doing the job well and I like what he's doing, but it seems like that doesn't fit with my image of Deadshot. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I feel like he'd be more... Yeah, like he has the I mean, money, he has he has the plan, he's set up everything, like he's just ready to execute. It could be that he, again, with the whole, um, and maybe this isn't uh, proprioception, but it actually goes back to OCD, is the, is the fact that he's waiting to the last second possible to hit this guy right when he's about to walk in his building. Because like, if you're hired to kill someone, I feel like Deadshot could be like, all right, as soon as he's off the phone, and a deal is agreed with he just goes out and finds them he's like all right and you're done that's it but he's like following them waiting for them to get out of the truck like and or maybe it's just a money thing he just hasn't got paid so he hasn't done it yet so but he's like the last second like it almost comes like to me as like he's waiting for like zero 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 and then hits the target you know i Uh, guess i mean maybe with just this one guy particular target he there's like a particular window that he has mm-hmm. to hit i don't know if he if we're to assume that this is how lackadaisical he is with all of his other jobs eh. well it could yeah. be a power play both ways like because angelo angelo's not short on the money right because he's able to pay in the end angelo does want the is guy he dead. though huh does he does he have the money well, well, that's well, what apparently was, we, yeah, see we see transfer. the transfer so he does pay in the end uh he does believe Deadshot, so he does trust him so the only reason to do this kind of thing is a power play to say you know do you know who you're messing with we're we're more powerful than you we're the employers so then deadshot in return could be leaving it to the last second to say like yeah well did you just threaten me he he, he had that's a thing that just keeps coming up in this movie uh because he doesn't want to be the the guy on the bottom uh he wants to be uh powerful as well so uh by leaving it to the last second he's kind of putting them over a barrel and uh increasing his negotiation power in that in that in that situation and sending a message back to them that if you mess with me i'm gonna double your fees basically so Mm -hmm. uh, it's they're trying to do a power play on him he does a power play back on him and he ultimately succeeds and i think that also ties into like what they're paying for because two million dollars gets you a lot of death gets you a lot of muscle gets you a lot of mayhem Mm -hmm. Uh, why are you paying deadshot two million dollars to do it this way and i think the only reason is because it's theatrical it's it is sending a message right like uh all that stuff and he prepped ahead of time some guy like for 10 grand or much less could have done the same with bombs or a big mess or a lot of muscle but deadshot he's surgical he takes care of this one thing he does it with flash he does it with panache and it's it's the underworld sending a message. If you rat, we, there's no price too high to get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I like that this scene is so compact in, in communicating so much about the underworld and, and building that kind of uh, those sort of fantastical structures in this universe. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, he is sending just a, a message for everyone to notice him as as this kind of, you know, he's not. He's not a dog that's working for the criminal under like underworld. He like he is his own person and he's in control. He's proving that he's in control of like how he lives his life and, and the success that, you know, that he can create for himself. Um, and so it's a very self-made man type type behavior. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, 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 this is such a great defining moment for the character. 
in what you said, Nathan, is in a very lackadaisical mm-hmm. way, you know, um, it really works out. I had something, but I totally forgot. Um, oh, um, Angelo. I, I had notes for Angelo. Um, I kind of got like a, you ever seen Fargo, right? Like uh, yeah. what is William Macy's character? It's kind of like this bumbling idiot. And it's yeah. kind of like the vibe that I got, uh, which is why I was asking earlier about like, does he actually in fact have the money? Because when it came to like doing the one million it, and he was waiting so long, I was like, maybe this guy is just a, just not the smartest guy in too deep, doing whatever he can. He hires Deadshot because that's the only person he knows that has like some mythical like, oh, this guy is just gonna clear away my my problems, my debt. Like, uh, I'll, I'll pay you whatever. I need to get this out of my. I need to clean my hands here, and so he's agreeing to one million dollars that he does not have, and so that's why I kind of got this whole Fargo vibe of like, you are really not like you don't deserve much rescuing here because you're just probably going to get into the situation again later you know i mean i think he was he probably was trying to to scam deadpool i I think he was going to short him yeah oh yeah absolutely at least that's what me as as an audience member am forced to indicate but hey what are you gonna do (laughs) the man gets paid yeah he does uh he does end up paying him two million dollars this time for just waiting Mm -hmm. just a little too long and uh and this next sequence though I I enjoy this next sequence. Which I part? remember this whole oh, uh, after he kills yeah his the him dead shot at work. I think is what I called it. Yeah, yeah. I I like it a lot. I remember it from the trailer. I remember watching the film and thinking, yeah, okay, I like that. If there's if there's and nothing else out of this movie that I I can take away and take home, f- you know, with me, at least I got that little bit of dead shot, cool action sequence with him throwing the mask on, jumping off the building. That was. I liked it. It was cool. I I really could see this character in um in the Dark Knight franchise in this in this moment. Like with him like repelling off the off the side of the building. It it does bring back some Dark Knight vibes, you know? Yeah. Like that trilogy. Uh, two quick things about that Doesn't repelling thing. Uh supposedly Will Smith actually did his own stunts there. There's uh uh what some of the first video that we ever got from the production of this film was leaks of people watching Phil, uh, Will Smith do that stunt, but he's got the mask on. So like, that's kind of mm-hmm. ironic where you're doing a uh, stunt, but you put a mask on so that they can't tell that it's you. And then the second, like huge ironic, super ironic thing is that Deadshot gets a repelling scene when Slipknot is in this movie as well, right? The master of climbing yeah. and ropes doesn't get uh, his repelling scene, but Deadshot does. I wonder if there was speculation that, like, because sometimes people don't know where, I don't know, somehow people find it out to begin with, but people tend to figure out the plot points of the movie, and they can tell, like, oh, this is a nightmare, this is a dream, this is a flashback, and, but if you didn't, maybe you're thinking, like, okay, maybe Slipknot helps him repel down a building or something, but, you know, you start putting two and two together, like, oh, is, you know, is this how the film goes? Oh, Deadshot and Slipknot are working together to get off a building. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that, because how, because you some people are like, okay, Slipknot's just in there so you can be Suicide Squad fodder. And or like maybe it's people are trying to figure out, like, okay, does he do anything in the film before he gets killed? And you start to try and put anything together, really. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, if I was an actor and there was like a repelling scene, I feel like that's a safe stunt to do. I feel like, yeah, I could do that. That sounds like fun, right? Yeah, but you've also, We've also done 
like that's bouldering yeah, like and, and, stu- and rock climbing and, and whatnot. So I mean, we know that. I don't I don't know the life of actors and if it's if they've never done things like that or if it's something that if maybe they have contracts, if there's anything that could potentially put them in danger, they're not allowed to do it. You think he's rappelling off an actual building that that tall? Yeah, it's, it was actually that, a yeah. uh, seven yeah. foot tall. Uh, sorry, seven story tall building in uh, Toronto. So uh, it, it was a live stunt. They, they actually did it practically. And uh, there was actually a little bit more to it that as soon as he lands, he speeds off in a white truck. So they just, but, but they sort of truncated it to just the jumping off, which may have been done by a stunt person instead of him. Uh, because I think that's a little more, um, there's more flourish to that, more risk to that, rather than just the straight down descent, which is what I think Will Smith did. Yeah. The shot where he clips the care, the he doesn't clip anything. It's already timed there. But like he grabs the shot of him actually turning around. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. assuming is a yeah. stunt guy because that's you can't, I don't I don't I don't even know if I could do that properly and catch my feet on the wall. Turn jump off a building and turn around. Yeah, the one that's coming from the yeah. street looking up at yeah. him. Yeah, or even even this one right here that it's. Well, I mean, with the with the initial jump where it's on the roof looking at him. I mean, you could just jump off like a little, you know, well, maybe it's two cameras set up for the same jump. You know, I'm trying to think like that one, that one doesn't prove to me like it's that hazardous, but the one where it's coming from the street mm-hmm. looking up like that could be a the s- actual that, turnaround. I, yeah, yeah. I could see that as being like a thing. Um, but you know, if he did the whole thing and they just had all the cameras set up, good for them. I mean, awesome, I don't, sweet. That's I don't cool. Any, I want to try that. I don't think we see any. There's no cameras that accidentally show up towards the bottom of the street. Is there a truck on the on the side of the street? Yeah, that's what I'm front. trying to. Yeah, it looks yeah, like there's, there's a, a, white, there's a white car. Is it a truck? Yeah. And nothing regarding the stage crew is showing down there. So I don't know. Maybe they just did multiple multiple jumps and he did this last one. Um, but uh, do they? People who filmed, there was just like cell phone footage, right? Like that's of right. The the scene yeah. from the streets. Yeah. Okay. And those people would be digitally removed in the final film, of course, if they were just bystanders. Mm-hmm. Down yeah. yeah. You do set extensions or whatever and erase them out. Cool. I'm trying to think. Like, do you think there was just like trash, just trash no, everywhere? No, that they yeah. that they actually filmed more like. Like they actually put cameras down there to like film the truck speeding off as it like. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was all. Footage, it was a whole. Or if they just set, like yeah. continued to have this bird's eye view and see him get in the truck and and. I'm sure it was different GTA angles. GTA style, and everything. just drive no, off. I'm a full believer that there's three versions of this movie <laughs> that exist. Uh, <laughs> well, at least three, right? At least three. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's know. all I have. I, I don't have any, much to say what is more that, than that. Seven? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, we're all good. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And uh, where can we find you, Doc? Uh, I'm Doc. You can find me at manofsteelanswers.com. All righty. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number eight of Suicide Squad Minute.